just when I think I'm done doing pinball podcasts for the week, you pull me back in, people, with some new topic everyone is discussing. And this episode of Canada's Pinball Podcast, which we're calling Monkey Business, we're going to talk about a very controversial piece of artwork that is on the Oktoberfest pinball machine. We also have exclusively for you on this episode of Canada's Pinball Podcast, exactly how Beatles pricing is going to roll out. I got some news late last night on how this is going to transpire. So we're going to talk about that. Before we do the monkey business, before we talk about it, let's do a quick recap of what's going on in the pinball world. Uh, Pirates of the Caribbean pinball machines are making their way to customers. I am happy to see people finally unboxing this game. We're almost into November. I don't think I've seen more than maybe 20 unboxings. Uh, So it's going to be exciting uh, to finally get this game out there. And my invitation to Zach Many to come on the show to talk about why we should give Pirates a second look is still an open invitation. I haven't heard back from Zach. So, Zach, I hope you come on the show. Um, I hope you come on. We also haven't heard back from Crazy Levy, but we will probably never hear back from Crazy Levy. Uh, All right. What else is going on in the pinball world? So, Alice Cooper's Nightmare Castle. So, that game is also finally starting to trickle out. And I think the word of this week is that they are in the low teens or within the teens of production of that game. All right, which is good, which is good. It's finally getting out the door. And you know who really wants this game to get out there are people in Europe who are interested in the title. Because if you read the thread, uh, these people have no chance to play one of these games at a US show. So they have to rely heavily on good review videos from people in the States. And so, you know, we look forward to more and more people getting their Alice Cooper's Nightmare Castle finally. The wait has been really, really long. And I know that Spooky and Co. are anxious to get this title off the ground. All right, I also got hit up yesterday um, from a friendly distributor who I will uh, remain, who shall remain nameless and said, Monster Bash LE is sold out, Chris. Not just the first allotment, all allotments of Monster Bash LE are sold out. So, do you believe that 1,250 Monster Bash is sold within two weeks of their reveal? Not even two weeks, just about two weeks. Uh, If that is the case, then awesome, awesome. I've heard nothing but good things about these games. I still don't think like they're sold out, sold out. I, I still think you're going to be able to get one for a while. Uh, I, I do. I, I don't think this can be the total amount that they're ever going to make. But maybe I'm wrong. But look, I have not heard one single bad thing about Monster Bash Remake. All right. Speaking of monkey business, we're going to get to it in a little bit. But I actually just saw that American Pinball posted a response to all the monkey business debate uh, that has been going on on pin side uh, so let's see anything else that i'm missing i got jersey jack i got spooky um, stern pinball uh, let's see beetles we're going to talk about the pricing we know monsters is coming in a couple weeks nothing new in the stern world otherwise uh, anything i'm missing nothing new from dutch nothing new from highway nothing new from everyone else all right let's jump right into monkey business so for those of you 
who aren't aware. It seems that on the back glass of Oktoberfest, there is a very controversial thing going on. There is a monkey who apparently comes from the Houdini game who makes a comic appearance in Oktoberfest. There is a monkey on the back glass who has one hand on one girl's butt, and his, which is his left hand, and his right hand up another girl's skirt. And this has been pointed out by many people as being a completely inappropriate thing to put on a pinball machine in 2018. And you could even argue in on any machine ever. And I want to talk about the reactions to this. I want to give my opinions about this and about what I'm reading in people's reactions. Now look, we it's hard to really dive into something like this because there are a lot of different opinions about this and one one thing we all can admit is that pinball is predominantly a male hobby okay this is not me being sexist this is not me i'm not making this up if i were just to statistically look at the breakdown and the demographic of pinball, both from the collector standpoint, both from the player standpoint, uh, you would notice a, a humongous portion of the fan base is male. I would even say probably 95% of all pinball players uh, and collectors are men. Okay, go to a show. I know that families go to shows, but for the most part, it's very, very, very heavily skewed towards men. I think if you look at the demographic who, who buys pinball machines, like actually goes out and buys a machine, I would think you're looking at even north of 95% of pinball purchases happen by men. Now, that being said, that does not mean that there is not a huge, um, not huge, but there's, that there's not a very nice uh, female community in the hobby. Uh, we see a lot of female leagues. We see a lot of female tournament players. We see a lot of female um, players at home, and, and you know whether they're people's daughters or wives or sisters. You know, women like to play pinball too. It is a very universally um, approachable toy and game, and you could even say a sport. Right there, there's absolutely nothing that separates men or women from the physical ability to play a pinball machine, okay? And so I think most people out there, most people out there do want pinball to be approachable to both sexes, right? And so I would also say that, you know, when you see stuff like this, it's hard not to react and share your opinions about it. So I've seen people say stuff like, this is completely like sexual harassment. It's disgusting. American pinball should be ashamed of, of themselves for putting this on the back glass. I've seen people say, what are you talking about? It's a cartoon monkey on a cartoon back glass touching a cartoon character's butt. It's just meant to be a joke. Lighten up already. I would say like those are the extreme ends of the spectrum. Um, I, and I think, you know, you also see people who come in somewhat in the middle and say, look, like I'm not heavily offended by this. I just don't understand why they did it. It looks really tone deaf and it just absolutely adds nothing of value to the experience of the game. All right. Now, 
personally, I fall somewhat in the middle. I, I, I don't look at this and say like, oh my God, these guys are completely like the biggest tone deaf morons to do this. But I also think it's completely stupid to do it. I do. I, I, I don't understand why you would do it, right? It, it, it can be taken and, and I understand why it's taken uh, in, in, as an offensive thing to see on a pinball machine. And here's why it's offensive, because I don't buy the argument that it's just a cartoon monkey touching cartoon buttockses, right? Here's why it's a little creepy. And here's why it is offensive, because we know that it was some middle-aged dude doing the art design who stuck it there. And, and that is objectifying women. And it is, uh, you know, putting something on there that makes it seem okay to go up to a woman and do some monkey business, like grab their butt. And look, we just don't live in a world anymore where that is acceptable. That should never have been acceptable. Uh, and if you think that's funny and you think it's okay to go up and approach a woman or touch a woman without her permission, uh, you are in for a rude awakening. I think the other thing too is like, if you look at it, it's you know here's my thing though I didn't even notice this because there were so many other glaring artistic mistakes on Oktoberfest that I completely missed this thing. I mean I there were there was so much going on like I said it's like this Where's Waldo artwork package with so many inconsistent art designs that I completely missed this whole thing. Uh, you know it's weird too because you got this monkey touching these women and then you look at them them and they look so wooden and frozen and it doesn't even look like they're feeling what the monkey is doing like the whole thing to me just feels sterile and off and like the the art package and all the things going on the characters all of it lacks any sort of substance to me so that's why i just completely missed it now look I want to read for you now American Pinball's response because I know there's rumors they were going to remove it, but actually Nermal just responded on their Facebook page. And I want to read word for word what he says. He says, as a company, American Pinball strives to create a fun product that the community can collectively enjoy. Since yesterday, members of the pinball community have given feedback that the artwork on our Oktoberfest backlash may come across as insensitive and offensive. This was never our intention. Oktoberfest is meant to be fun, festive, and inclusive. In that spirit, we are going to alter the backlash art to reflect the family-friendly aspects of Oktoberfest we strive to build our titles around. All right. On behalf of the company, I wish to personally apologize for any negativity this has created. I realize we were in the wrong and we will make the, this right. If anyone has any further questions or comments about this, I'm always willing to listen. Please do not hesitate to reach out to me. Um, thank you for your continued support. All right, cool. They're taking it off. As far as I'm concerned, it was a dumb move. They recognize it's a dumb move and they're removing it. So let's move on. And let's also forgive them for doing this. You know, I wanted to just the, the notion of like forgiveness in this modern world is one that is just evaporating. It's dissipating. You know, we, we live in a very like one and done culture. You did something wrong. You're going to pay for it for the rest of your life, no matter if you say you're sorry. Um, you know, this, this continues still to like 
impact me and, and come at me in, in, in different ways. You know, I was totally wrong with my behavior at the, the, the New York City pinball tournament. I've apologized to those involved who I, who, I, who I knew I offended. And for those who I don't know, if you were there, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It was inappropriate behavior and it happened months ago and I wish it didn't happen and it won't happen again. Uh, but there are people that were there that will just never forgive me. No matter what I do, no matter what I say in their eyes, I will just always be that three to five minutes. Uh, I will always be that person in that time period. And that's, you know, like I get it. I get it. But, but look, if we live in a society where we don't forgive people and we don't have empathy for people who are trying to apologize and move on and do the right thing. I don't want to live in a world like that. And I know you don't want to live in a world like that. All right. So let's put this one past us. Um, you know, the only person we can't forgive is Keith Johnson for making the Pirates of the Caribbean code so damn deep. No, I, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. We forgive you, Keith. We forgive you. Just don't do it next time. Just don't do it. All right. All right. So speaking of Pirates of the Caribbean, there was like a lot of back and forth on. I posted the picture of the rule set of Pirates of the Caribbean. And I basically just said no pinball machine should require memorization of something that looks like this. And it, it created a nice debate about it. You know, people are like, it's five games in one. I don't want five games in one. I just want one good game that I can understand. All right. All right. So now that we put monkey business behind us, let's talk about the Beatles and how Beatles pricing will work. Now we've been speculating a lot about how Stern is going to roll the Beatles out. I've seen people like sort of dancing around the specifics of it, but I have for you on this show a lot more detail as to how this whole thing will roll out. And we're going to talk about it now. And I want to talk about why I think Stern is doing it this way and whether or not I think it's a good move or not. And ultimately, whether or not it will be effective in, in driving sales of this game. Okay, so I'm, I'm just pulling up. I wanna, I wanna read word for word what I know the approach will be for this game. And I wanna thank all the people out there that send Canada information uh, and tell me not to reveal the source, because I won't. All right, so here's the deal. Stern will be selling to distributors 10 unit blocks. Okay, you have to buy 10 units or 10 games of the Beatles. You will get seven gold editions, you will get two platinum editions, and you will get one diamond edition for that within that 10 unit block. They will sell you that 10 unit block for $70,000, okay? They set the price on the golds, okay? And I think the golds are, I wanna say the golds are $7,500. So there's $7,599 will be the price of the golds, all right? Then um, the distributor does whatever they want with the platinum and diamond prices. And you know, there's 250 platinums and 100 diamonds uh, at the end of the day, okay? Now here is the pricing I have received from one of the biggest Stern distributors out there. Are you ready for this? Are you sitting down? They are going to ask $7,599 for the gold, $12,500 for the platinum, and $25,000 
for the Diamond Edition game. All right. Now here we okay. Did you did you just spit your drink out? Did you just like laugh out loud? So here is how I want to talk about this. Here's my problem. There is no difference, and I've talked to the people who made this game at Stern. There is no difference in this game at all between the $7,500 version and the $25,000 version other than artwork. Let me repeat that. It is just a cosmetic thing. I don't even think it has upgraded speakers. I don't even think it has like upgraded armor. I don't even think it has like upgraded glass. I, I, I really think it's just the art. And that leads everyone to scratch their head as to how in the world could you pay $17,000 more pretty much for something just because it has different artwork. Now, I I literally, I've defended this game up to a point. But I also want to talk about that $25,000 price. Because remember, remember, all right, I need to step back and just, I, there's so many things in my head right now, right? I need to look at this a few ways. So let's, first of all, deconstruct this. Stern did not say that this distributor should charge $12,525,000. That is, this distributor is setting that price. Now, do I think they are going to sell a single diamond edition for $25,000? And the answer is absolutely not. There is no way they will sell for that much money. This distributor, I think, is doing... Um, is going to set the price high to see where the market is for the game. And they will go down from there. Okay? Now, this this is also very interesting. This whole notion, this has never been done before, where Stern is giving a highly collectible, very limited run game to distributors and telling them, you can charge whatever you want for this. So they could almost like give it to one of their best customers at cost. And, you know, that that customer, um, you know, could get it within a range of prices. So if you do the math, right? So let's do the math because I'm going to pull up the calculator. So if there are seven games out of 10 that a distributor is selling for $7,600, right? Let's do the math. That means... That's $53,200 that that distributor will make back from that game. Now, we're not factoring wholesale price. Like The distributor needs to make money on each game. But that means there is another like $16,800 that that distributor needs to make up to get to that $70,000 he gave Stern. So if you do the math, the reality is the Platinums and the SLEs are not costing, you know, the distributor, you know, tens of thousands of dollars. They are simply the cherry on top of, of, a, of a bulk order. And they are designed to allow the distributor to give their best customers a chance at getting the rarer version. Now, now, here's what I think this is going to, here's what I think is going to happen. I think that that number 
of $25,000 is a joke. I think what's going to happen is this. I think you're going to see distributors, um, whoever sets the lowest price for the diamond edition of the Beatles, they will, I think, ostensibly be setting the market value for the game. I think you're going to have a handful of distributors that hook up their best customers with Beatles, Platinum Editions, and Diamond Editions at a good price, at cost, right? But because like there's no way if it's just stickers that are different on the game, there's no way they're going to justify it. This is just not that kind of market, right? And it's just they don't it's just it's also like not like Supreme where Supreme had a list of collectors that those games went to immediately. There is not a list of people that will just buy the next Beatles thing, especially not at these kinds of prices. Uh, so I, I think this is kind of uncharted territory for Stern and for their distributors. The other thing that I think is an issue is this, is the way Stern is doing this allocation, uh, they basically are making you buy 10 at a time. And what if you don't have like 40 or 50 people that want the regular version of the game, then you're really not going to get many of the platinum or diamond editions. You know who this this is so similar to another industry. This is how the car industry works with manufacturers allocating more of the hot cars to the dealerships that sell higher volume. So for example, when the Dodge Demon came out, dealers that sold a lot of Hellcats and a lot of SRT products they were the ones who were allocated the most demons. A smaller dealership might only have received one and some might not have received any. So Stern is basically saying to our high volume distributors, you will get the most of the more collectible versions. But again, I think this just feels weird to me because if it's all the same game, if it's all the same game, then why would anyone pay double or triple for something that is mere cosmetic? Now, devil's advocate, what is different about Batman Super Ali versus Batman Premium when it comes to gameplay? Absolutely nothing. But I also think there's a little bit of a cap and a little bit of a ceiling on how much people will spend on a single pinball machine. And I do think that once you get around the $15,000 mark, you really have to start wondering if you're getting into crazy land because you could get three Stern Pros for the price of one Batman Super LE. You could go get a lot of pinball for $15,000. Now $25,000, it's a whole nother story. You can buy one Beatles or you could go get Pirates of the Caribbean, go get Dialed In, and go get, you know, like a Batman Premium. You can get three really, really solid games. You can get a Monster Bash remake, a Medieval Madness remake, and a Pirates of the Caribbean, pretty much. For one Beatles Diamond Edition game, that's a reskin of Sea Witch. So, uh, will this be the case? Again, I, I, I don't 
don't take these numbers literally because I think the pricing that I'm hearing is going to go lower. Here is what I think it's going to be. I think you're going to see 7,600 for the the gold edition. And then I think you're going to see like $10,000 for 10 to $12,000 for the platinum. And I think you're going to see ultimately the diamonds maybe go for like another 2,000, 3,000 over that. So around like $15,000. Okay. If they're able to find buyers for it, I do think they will. I, I mean, if I, I but I think like around $15,000 is the limit. I think that is all you're ever going to get. Now, you only have to find 100 people on planet Earth who collect pinball who want a one of only 100 Beatles Diamond Editions. But I think there just needs to be more in this game than just different art. I mean, I, I, I'm really curious to finally see the matrix of these three games to see how Stern is going to justify um, the increase in cost. But in their defense, it's the distributors who get to do the pricing. Now, you could argue that is Stern simply deflecting all the anger and cash grab comments away from them and onto the backs of the distributors. And I also think that is part of the reason why they're doing it this way is they did not like all the negativity that came their way around the Batman 66, you know, share us a video begging us to sell you the game. They are removing all of that from from their house and they are now making it all about how good is your relationship with your distributor and if it's good you could probably walk away with a Beatles Diamond Edition for, you know, for whatever the cost is to the distributor if they want to hook you up. And it's it's we'll see how it all plays out. I think we're going to find all of this out on November 6th when the Beatles like is fully revealed to the world. We're going to get the pricing, we're going to get the press release, we're going to get all the media, we're going to that's when it's really going to be promoted by Stern. And then a few weeks later we'll get Munsters. So that is what's up with pricing of the Beatles. All right. What do you think about that? Email me at canadapinball at gmail.com. All right. One final thing I want to talk about is Oktoberfest pricing was also revealed. And they revealed it to be $7,400 with Art Blades. And they are saying that shipping is going to be available starting in January. And get your order in. And I saw this. I, now I see all these distributors starting their own threads around Oktoberfest, which I think is annoying. I, I think the Pinside moderators need to do a better job of consolidating this game and the amount of threads people can start on this game. And they also should not allow each individual distributor to start their own thread being like, buy Oktoberfest from coin taker buy it from pinball star and then you have like separate threads from each distributor and it's it's just so stupid can we just have one like Oktoberfest, you know for sale thread where like people can talk about the game whether or not you, you should order it talk about reviews the other thing is this and i saw this and i i i don't know about you guys but i literally just walked away from that and was like 
why would anyone buy it right now? Like, think about it. They know they have to change stuff on the art package. Like, and we don't know what those changes are. If you think you saw enough to go all in on this game right now, God bless you. Because I don't think most people did. I think there's work to be done on this pinball machine that, that they're going to now tackle over the next couple months. But you don't know what the final game is. Like you basically don't know what you're gonna get. Majority of you have never played the game and yet the order banks are open. Like it just feels so weird to me. It's like, why are they even taking orders right now? And then again, these aren't even real orders. They're $250 refundable deposits. So it's one of these, you know, arbitrary fake list where you can just jump on it and jump right off and and you don't lose anything. And so, you know, I guess some people just jump on those because it's like why why not? Like why not just like be on it and if you want the game you're 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 on the list sooner than later and you get the game earlier than others. So, you know, I I I understand why people do it, but I'm always curious you know, if those lists if they ever make their way to American Pinball as a way to try to gauge interest or how many parts they should make or how many parts they should order for the initial run, how do they use those lists accurately when everybody can just bail immediately the second they see Monsters or the second Monster Bash remake starts shipping or the second something else happens, you know, then all of a sudden you could lose like 200 orders like that and you've made parts based upon those lists. So, you know, again, this is, we, we're seeing this practice over and over again. Um, you know, I think that American Pinball and Oktoberfest that is coming out in January, it just, I don't know. I, 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 I'm curious to see how well it's going to do. And, and I say that because, you know, even a two to three month wait on shipping a game even that feels like a long time to wait based upon what Stern will do, which is take your Munsters order in November and they will get you your Munsters in December, January. Because do you believe that Oktoberfest will be polished up enough with code, with artwork, with whatever changes they need to make? Do you believe that all those changes will be to your satisfaction so that they can hit go on the assembly line in January. Now we've we've rarely seen any of these companies like other than Stern actually meet their estimated date for production. Things always happen, delays always occur. So, but they need to get this game out. You know, the further they get away from October in a game called Oktoberfest, the further they get away from the relevance and the timeliness of this title. I did notice their messaging spin a little bit. You can play Oktoberfest all year round. You can have a Christmas festival any year you want. You can celebrate the magic of Thanksgiving this June from American Pinball. You know, I mean, look, every day can be Halloween with the new Halloween by American Pinball. You know, look, it's a, it's, 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 it's yet to be seen if a seasonality festival 
will sell well throughout the year. You know it doesn't have seasonality? Batman, Munsters, um, Star Wars, Deadpool, Iron Maiden, you know, Beatles. <laughs> you know, it's like, you, uh, uh, we'll see. Out of all the themes they could have made, I give you, in February, Oktoberfest. No, I mean, we'll see. You guys, look, I'm hearing a lot of people say a lot of stuff about the game. Um, but, you know, I just don't think people are reacting in a take-my-money-now way. And look, I think they need to figure out a way to get this game executed well enough over the next couple months where people really want to just buy it. And they're not going to get there on just design alone and mechs alone. They need, The whole package needs to be executed better than it currently is. And they've got work to do. If they've got, they've got a lot of work to do. You know who should offer up their help? You know who should offer up their guidance? Pro bono. Who should pick up the phone, a call American Pinball, and say, I know what you need to do, and I'm going to help you do it for free. Because you know what? I'm just that kind of guy. Mr. Ben Heck. He's got some good opinions about what these guys need to do. Uh, and I think he should call up Davil and Nermal and, and, and give them some free guidance on how they can make this game better or just tell them it's unsalvageable and just scrap the whole thing and and forget it. Just reskin it as something else. Make it <laughs> Houdini 2.0. Anyway, no, I'm joking. Um, so that's what's happening. It's going to be a very... Very interesting November. Uh, your dollars are going to be beckoned by many companies over the next few months. And I, once again, will give all of you the same advice I will try to take myself. And that is I would wait to play the game that you like the most and I would buy the game that you enjoy the most. And whether that's Pirates of the Caribbean or Monster Bash or Deadpool or Oktoberfest, it's whatever you decide you enjoy, I'm happy for you. You know, it's okay to critique games here and there, but ultimately there's, you know, different strokes for different folks. You're going to like a game uh, because of why you like it. You might love the Oktoberfest art package right now. You might hate it. You might love the layout. You might hate it. You might love Pirates of the Caribbean and its deep code. You might think it's the most complex mess ever. Formulate your own opinion, all right? I simply give my opinion. I simply talk um, about my experiences with these games. Uh, but it's your money. And really, respect your money more than you respect my opinions. It's a, this is a lot of money. And I think if there's one thing people are starting to realize, there's a lot of money you're spending on these games. Don't be fooled. It's really easy to get lost in the hype and lost in the excitement and then step back and be like, shit, I just spent like $21,000 on three pinball machines. And am I really enjoying them and playing them that much? Am I really diving into the game? Make sure you're getting your money's worth and that you will enjoy this game for a long period of time. I don't think you can drop this kind of dough on toys and be sick of them in like four months. I, I just don't. And I think if you have 15 machines, you don't need any more. You don't need any more. 
There's no reason to have 15 pinball machines. Here's why. You can only fucking play one of them at once. Why not just buy a game when it's fully complete, enjoy it for six months, sell it, and get another one? Why do you need a room full of 30? Makes no sense to me. If you do that, I hope you have a garage with like 10 amazing cars in it that you'll throw me the keys to every once in a while. Anyone, everyone, enjoy your weekends. I'm sure we'll be back with more news. This has been Canada's Pinball Podcast, episode 276. Thank you.